0: And I am here to remind you that you don't need to look for love because you already are love. If you don't know what I'm talking about, keep listening to Lessons from Love Addiction. Shadow work. What is it? How do we do it? And what are people talking about when they mention it? Okay, so shadow work is basically working with the unconscious parts of your mind to uncover things that are repressed from the conscious parts of your mind. And I'm not going to delve too much into the definition of the shadow according to Carl Jung and all this like psychological perspective of what the shadow is like I do encourage you to look into that if it sounds interesting or if you don't know about it but in regard to my recovery from love addiction shadow work was probably the most important tool I had in my arsenal in order to begin developing a relationship with myself my actual true self not this fake avatar character that i had created in order to secure the love that i thought that that would afford me and i just think this topic is so on point for scorpio season just because i'm a scorpio and you know our whole sign is about delving into the mysteries and the shadows and all of that and i mean hopefully this episode is out before sagittarius season because i have been sick so it's been a little bit slow to get this episode rolled out to you guys but nonetheless carl jung coined the term shadow along with like some other psychoanalytical stuff um and he was a swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst so for context so his definition of the shadow is basically what every single thing that we have deemed undesirable or negative about ourselves we have pushed down into our shadow and it's the place that contains everything that we haven't accepted about ourselves or things that we believe make us unlovable, and just like this mental abyss that is basically made up of repressed desires, repressed instincts, everything that we think are our shortcomings, our vices, our weaknesses, all of these things that we believe are not good enough to see the light of day, or that aren't enough or lovable enough or able to be seen by someone else and held and acknowledged or by ourselves and held and acknowledged are all pushed down into the shadow but what happens there is because energy can't be created or destroyed it just changes form right so we think that we are like repressing all of these things but they're actually just like swimming in our subconscious and also manipulating our reactions to things until we become aware of our shadow, that is. So I just wanted to share a story about my very first spiritual awakening that had happened a long time before I realized that I was a love addict. So this is about 10 years ago. I was reading Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and this is in no way an ad for that book I just honestly believe that everyone should read it if you haven't it's life-changing and it's what caused my first meeting with my own shadow and my life has never been the same ever since so basically what had happened is I had read this book I don't remember what chapter it was but he was basically talking about how there's like a voice of our mind, and then there is the voice that is watching what our mind is thinking. And those are two separate things. And you are not the person thinking these self defeating thoughts, you are the one watching the thinker. So, I that was a concept that I really could not understand. And I remember I was like mulling it over and chewing it over and trying to digest it and really comprehend what he meant by that and that's when it happened i will never forget this i was living in toronto at the time i was washing dishes at the sink and i experienced this moment of bliss joy peace that's the only way i can describe it it was just this moment where i just felt completely unencumbered by all of the negativity that had been clouding my mind up until that point. I just felt so happy and light and free. And it was just like a split second. It wasn't even really distinguishable if I were to measure it. It was just a split second of this peace and I was like, "What what was that?" And I've spent my whole life trying to figure out what that is <laughs> ever since from that point on. And I realize now that that was my very first spiritual awakening. That was when I was able to split from being the thinker, from completely identifying with my thoughts, to being able to observe my thoughts. And then I remember from that point on, if I, in my relationships, if I was doing something that I felt betrayed myself i would experience it's almost like i would hear this gentle loving voice telling me like this isn't for you or do this instead and i would like ignore it and the most recent example of this would be in my very last breakup i remember it was the day before valentine's day and i had convinced myself that my ex had like planned some super cute evening and you know he uh, was gonna surprise me last minute because like I would drop little hints before Valentine's Day and be like oh hey you know Valentine's Day hey it's our first Valentine's Day hey Valentine's Day is coming up and I was basically setting myself up for resentment because expectations are premeditated resentment right whenever you expect something from someone you're just setting yourself up for disappointment because you can't like control what other people do which is something i'm still grappling with but anyway um so yeah i was dropping all these hints i'm like oh valentine's day da da da, and he wasn't really replying he wasn't, and i convinced myself like oh he's just like secretly planning like something that's why he's not like responding to my hints and stuff like i i, I know what he's doing And what happened is that he actually ended up ghosting me on Valentine's Day for like two days. And I had like this intuition that he was with like another girl. And I was right because I asked him about it afterwards and I could tell I was like, hey, were you with someone else? And I could just tell by his body. And he was like, oh, no, of course not. Da da And I could tell by his body language that he was lying. And again, it's like I didn't follow my instincts because all the excuses that he was making for not reaching out to me for those two days. It's like, forget Valentine's Day. Forget, you know, any kind of surprises or anything he would have planned. It's like can you really justify ghosting your girlfriend for two days with no one else in the picture? Like, if a a friend of mine had told me this exact situation, I'd be like, you do realize he, he probably has someone else, like, on the side, right? But, like, I couldn't see that for myself. But anyway, so he ghosted me for two days, I knew he was lying about it. He was trying to act like, you know, nothing had happened. And everything inside of me was telling me he's lying. It's not for you. Get out of this situation. It was that voice. It was it was my true self that was watching the thinker, that was watching my broken inner little child trying to get this love from this person that wasn't reciprocating. Watching her do all of these things for this person, convince herself, delude herself to believe in all of these things that weren't based in reality but that's when I realized that my love addiction and at that point I didn't know I was a love addict it was right after that breakup that I realized I was a love addict like someone sent me the characteristics they're like yo this sounds like you I read them my life was changed forever I was like okay I'm not crazy this is a thing Uh, I need to work on this but my point is it was Even after the spiritual awakening, after the split, I was doing these things in this relationship, betraying myself, deluding myself, going against my intuition because I had not done shadow work. I had not looked at the unconscious repressed parts of myself that I needed to look at. So I was perpetuating the same cycle over and over and over again. And that whole situation, and just how I was living my life before I decided to get really serious about my recovery, reminded me of this quote from Carl Jung that said, Until you make the unconscious conscious, It will direct your life and you will call it fate. And before I did my shadow work, before I really took a look at everything that I had been running from inside my own psyche, that quote made absolutely no sense to me. It made no sense. So my approach to shadow work was like really analytical like I sat down with a pen and paper created charts and graphs and like an entire spreadsheet of every single trauma that I've ever been through the age I experienced it the feeling it left me with And this was like a spreadsheet that I created essentially from as far back as I could remember up until present day. And it's funny because when I was instructed to do this, so this approach to shadow work was actually introduced to me by a fellow love addict that I adore. And she had actually been through this whole process for herself and then for other addicts that were struggling like me and so she's the one that recommended i approach shadow work this way and so she's like after i did the um chart about my own personal trauma she's like okay i want you to make another list about everything that triggers you and other people i made this list and i give it to her she looks at it and she goes congratulations this is your shadow and i was just like excuse me what no And then I really took a look at them. And we're talking about things like criticism, pessimism, victimization, vanity. And when I apply these concepts to my own personality and myself and I hold that little mirror up and I look at it, it does not feel good at all, at all. It feels really yucky and it feels so much better to project all of these qualities onto other people. But the truth of the matter is, if we don't acknowledge our shadow, it doesn't actually go away. It just gets stronger and bigger and darker and denser and even harder to manage. And since everything's a reflection, it's like if there's something about someone's behavior, their actions or their words towards me that triggers me, it is actually a reflection and a reminder of... Something that I'm running away from in myself for example like one of my triggers is when people don't have manners when people are really rude when people scream they don't have like proper etiquette they act like really weird in public they scream they're not considerate of everyone around them you know they use really harsh words like just rudeness right and that's one of my triggers like it really bothers me when i see someone doing that and then i'm like okay but how does this relate to myself and i'm like how do i talk to myself when I've done something wrong, what is the first thing I do? The first thing I do is I call myself a fucking idiot. It's like an instinct, the first thing I do. I drop something on the floor, I'm like, fucking idiot. So rather than addressing the cognitive dissonance within myself of knowing that I'm not an idiot, yet calling myself an idiot for making a mistake and really look at the relationship that I have with myself, the self limiting things I tell myself, and start changing those habits and changing that relationship with myself. It's easier to just project onto other people that are rude to other people in situations that have nothing to do with me and be like, ugh, that fucking sucks. I hate that. I don't like rude people rather than acknowledge it in myself and accept it and integrate it and work on that relationship. You see where I'm going with this? But I realized that actually looking at my shadow and looking at my triggers and lovingly acknowledging these parts of myself that I believed weren't worthy of love really helped me have more compassion for myself and also for other people around me that aren't aware of their shadows and are projecting them onto me. I learned to not take things so personally the more I got to understand my own shadow because once I took a look at my own shadow, I realized how unconsciously I had been acting up until that point. So that enabled me to to consider that other people may have also not met their shadow yet and they're just projecting that onto me. It has nothing to do with my worth as a person or my lovability or anything about me personally. And most importantly, acknowledging my shadow, identifying my triggers enabled me to come up with an action plan for when I am triggered in my day-to-day life or when I'm feeling disconnected from myself or unsatisfied in my relationships. So when I get caught in this loop, for example, and I'm like victimizing myself and pitting myself, I will shift my thoughts to gratitude that immediately changes my entire vibe and my entire outlook. And ultimately the course of action that follows after whatever I'm doing because it's like when I'm living from a place of gratitude rather than a place of victimization or self-pity I'm actually the creator of my reality rather than the victim of my reality I become the architect of my life once I've acknowledged and integrated my shadows that's what I realized and that was the most important thing Meeting my shadows allowed me that space between trigger and reaction to realize that I have a choice to react differently. So before I met my shadow, it almost felt like I was living in a perpetual hell. I felt like I was this skinless being just living my life and at every irritation, I was so sensitive. It would just make my whole system reverberate in pain. Like I was just like this ultra sensitive person walking around being triggered by every single thing that had absolutely nothing to do with me. Now that I understand, it had absolutely nothing to do with me. I was also subconsciously expecting my partner to delve into my shadows and acknowledge them and love them when I was too afraid to do that myself. So that's like so unfair. And the difference between being in a relationship, having met my shadow and in a partnership with someone that has also met their shadow versus being completely unconscious in a relationship with someone that is also completely unconscious and unaware of their shadow night and day, night and day, because having met my shadow, I am no longer expecting my partner to fulfill any sort of role i'm not expecting them to love me i'm not expecting them to provide me with any sort of validation i'm sourcing that from inside as are they whereas before i had met my shadow and i was in unconscious relationships with unconscious people and we were subconsciously projecting. All of our unmet childhood needs, our shadows, our wants. We were subconsciously hoping that we would validate each other. It was never a truly fulfilling partnership because neither of us were coming from a place of wholeness. We were coming from a place of lack. So when I retrieved my shadow and I integrated it, I realized that I do not need to be in a partnership in order to feel valued. And now that I am in a loving, conscious, committed partnership, I realize that I can be fully present and love my partner from a space of wholeness, not expecting anything of them. And I can accept my partner fully Because I've accepted myself fully without secretly hoping and wishing there were anything different or manipulating them in any way to act any different or be any different type of person. And when we feel this precious and this whole within ourselves, we cannot settle for less. We cannot settle for any less. So if you're thinking of starting this process of meeting your shadow, I would highly recommend Just take a look at the things that trigger you in your day-to-day life. Really try to understand why they trigger you. Like, what is the underlying feeling? And then figure out an antidote to that feeling instead of reacting to the trigger. And I promise, your entire life will change. And of course, this is not like an overnight process We're not gonna figure out what triggers us and how it triggers us, and then we're suddenly free of the sting forever. No, it doesn't work like this. What happens is we understand it more and more so that when it comes up, the sting, the feeling behind the trigger doesn't feel as painful. It feels less and less and less painful until the trigger isn't a trigger anymore. And then that's what healing is. And the most important part of all is be gentle with yourself, have compassion with yourself, You did the best you could with the knowledge that you had at any given time. But once you know better, you kind of got to do better. It all starts with the willingness to want to heal. And if you're listening to this podcast, I already know that you're willing to heal and you're already loving yourself and taking a step in the right direction. But healing and recovery are literally a daily daily job. It's not handed to you. It's not something that, you know, we do once and that's it. We're healed. It's a bunch of tools that we need to practice daily and actively work for our recovery. And so in the beginning of this episode, I'd mentioned I'd went through a spiritual awakening. That was my first one. My second one and my most profound one actually happened after I had done this exercise, meeting my shadow, doing this spreadsheet with all of my traumas and the feelings behind them and the triggers and the antidote to those triggers. After I had done that whole project, best work on myself that I've ever done, I experienced my second spiritual awakening where I was just crying for like four days, just non stop crying. Like I would just cry all day, go to sleep, wake up, cry all day, go back to sleep for four days. But it wasn't like crying from sadness. It was like a release. It was like a relief. I'd done the exercise. I cried for four days. Then after those four days, I woke up And I had this sense of relief, this sense of joy from inside of myself. I had this feeling of lightness and I thought it would go away, honestly. I thought it was just temporary, but it never, ever did. And I don't know spiritually what happened. I just know that it was good because... From that day forward, I never had to depend on anything outside of myself for happiness, ever. And I remember calling my friend, the one that had recommended me meeting my shadow this way, after I had cried the four days. And I told her, I was like, hey, I did that exercise and I cried for four days and I woke up and I feel so different and she's like different how and i'm like i feel lighter i feel really happy i feel full of joy like is this a pink cloud and a pink cloud if you don't know in recovery speak is this like temporary feeling of euphoria that a lot of addicts go through when they first 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 get clean so i was like is this a pink cloud like i don't know and she's like it's not a pink cloud she's like this is your new state of mind this is a new state of mind believe it like you earned this and she was right it wasn't a pink cloud it never went away it was the result of me meeting my shadow instead of being scared running away from it, drinking over it, projecting it onto other people, facing it head on, loving it and integrating it. And it is a daily battle and it's a lifelong battle, really, because we've been accumulating shadows since the day we were born and we will probably keep accumulating them until the day we die because it's just the way that our society is structured it's not structured to foster the human spirit it's structured in a materialistic capitalistic way but anyway that's a whole nother conversation but aside from shadows and triggers and all these different things life is so beautiful and another thing we should look out for and this is a concept that has been introduced to me recently as well is glimmers so glimmers are the opposite of triggers and there are these little moments in our day-to-day life where we experience a sense of awe the sense of peace the sense of connectedness with everything around us so i do encourage you today look for the glimmers not just the triggers look for the glimmers because they're out there and also You'll see for yourself, once you start delving into your shadow, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of creativity and inspiration to be found there as well. So with that, I want to leave you guys with one final quote from Carl Jung. And he says, unless you learn to face your own shadows, you will continue to see them in others because the world outside you is only a reflection of the world inside you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Lessons from Love Addiction. Love donations are always accepted and if you enjoy the show, please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast.